it's fun. It's fun to go back into what God's done. Um, so a short, let me grab my little thing here. Um, <clears throat> if I turn this on, right? God, this thing is so silly. Well, Jim, you're running back and forth doing so much. It's not a big deal. There's some pictures, and that's okay. You'll see some pictures. Jim might be, have to be my rebooted. We had a lot of issues. We've been having lots of technical difficulties. We're going to pray for technology in Jesus' name. Be healed. <laughs> oh, he's such a rotten person, so-and-so. Um, no, it's so good to, to share your testimony, what God has done. So a little bit about me. I come from a big family, um, and uh, big is uh, nine sisters, two brothers, and then there's me. Um, so it's so beautiful. Um, yes, yeah, so this is actually uh, last Thanksgiving, I think. So there's a lot of us, and there's a lot of nephews and nieces in there, obviously. Um, but yeah, we're a big fam. We're loud, we're obnoxious, and we're, we're loud wherever we go. So, um, but the cool thing is, this would not have happened because of what we shared last week. Um, because my dad actually was like, wow, three is a big family. Three, they're, three kids is big, and that was okay. This is not to say anything against anybody and their family choices. This is just to say where my dad was at. My dad was struggling in this idea of, like, total lordship. Like, Lord is a big thing. It's a big word. We go, oh, you're Lord. No, you're Lord of everything, and that was something he struggled with because um, he said, you know, God would point out, he's like, hey, there's this one thing you keep neglecting to give me lordship over, and that's your family. Do you trust me? Am I worthy? Can I be faith? Do you think I'm faithful? If so, you need to trust me with that. And so my dad did, and here I come. So <laughs> I'm the fourth from the top. So I was the first of many, first of nine more to go. So like, uh, so there's me and then eight others out of that, and it did not stop. And I, I was, that came to that point where I was like, Mom, you're pregnant again? What? Uh, <laughs> But that was just a cool testimony. I'm like, I just was so marked in my heart by my dad gave his whole life, his whole family, his everything to him, to God. And I'm a testament of that. I would not be here physically at all if he would not have done that. So praise the Lord for that. Um, my mom and dad showed me the secret place. They showed me the value of the word. They did a lot of things. I really emphasized last week, and I really want to emphasize again, my family was amazing. My dad and my parents were incredible. Um, and there's no reason, except for my own sinful nature, that I did the things and went through the things that I went through. I, I struggled in my life with brokenness and, and depression and struggled with that for a long time. Um, and I just struggled. Even when I put it at bay, I struggled also with lust. I struggled with trying to find people in my life that would satisfy my life. And, um, and again, I was trying, and I was very works-based. Um, and praise the Lord, I, I, was, I was two minutes away from leaving the church, period, um, not because I didn't love God, but I just couldn't stand the idea of, like, what is the point of meeting at a building if this is the end of what we do? There's no fruit. They didn't see a lot of fruit, and I didn't see the point of it, and I got tired of seeing the fruitlessness of what we do. And so, in my brokenness, I left. I was done with the youth group, and I was two minutes away from leaving the church services at my old family church, and uh, praise the Lord for a person named Nathan Kreider, who was a boyfriend, a boyfriend of my ex-girlfriend. Somewhere, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and he knew me somehow, and he remembered me one time from meeting him and inviting me to youth group. And him and my worship pastor 
uh, really spoke into my life, gave me an opportunity, an avenue for worship, spoke life into my identity of who I could be, um, asked me hard questions, called me to the carpet, um, and praise the Lord for them because, again, I say these names. They're very important people in my life, and I praise them because they're going to have jewels in their crown for what they've done in my life. Um, and, uh, and then I went, after graduating high school, I went to a program called Alert, Airland Emergency Resource Team. It is a uh, Christian military program, not for disciplinary, but just for just encouraging, making men out of young men, um, and praise the Lord for that, because that was a real huge challenge for me to go through that. It was very, uh, very rough. Um, I was very put into a refinery, <laughs> and a lot of impurities came out. My depression came out, my, my anxiety, my uh, frustration, my lust, all the things all these things came from that time, and there came to a point where a culmination of I had to give it to the Lord. I really did. I was wrestling with it. I was still a believer, but I wasn't in full surrender. You can be a believer, but barely be a believer, I think. I think you can be, barely give it to him. You can give him some things, but you're really missing out. It's not because you have to. It's you get to. You get to give him these things. And so I finally surrendered me. I surrendered all of me. I said to surrender my life, my marriage, my everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And, uh, you know, and the fruit of that, again, like, is my dad. I'm, I'm echoing what my dad was learning is full surrender. And the fruit of that um, came five months later, um, meeting Michelle. So I think, let's see if this thing works again. I have not. I think it's the next slide over. Technology. Silly. So next slide. <laughs> Oh, look at those babies. Um, there's us. We were married, let's see, 14 years ago uh, this, at the end of this month. So we had a lot of uh, a wonderful time getting married very young. Um, but I met Michelle, and um, obviously that's a spoiler alert, and I got married. Um, obviously. <laughs> um, but it was so cool. I went to Taylor University, Fort Wayne. Um, not Upland, not the cool one, the really the Fort Wayne one, which is no longer there. Um, and I praise God for sending me there. I went there because I really honestly had no intention except to be maybe a teacher. Um, I did not know if I was going to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher, and I loved what she did in our lives, so I thought, why not? And um, lo and behold, I was uh, talking with one of my friends, Chris, if Chris Goodrich. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean this in love. He's a wild man. And if you ever got to know Chris Goodrich, my goodness, he is amazing, but he takes a certain type of person to deal with his personality. Um, and I dealt with him for a while, and I thought, and when I saw this girl in this pink backpack and, you know, jean jacket, um, rock pistol, I thought, she's unique. <laughs> and that was it. I don't know what it was. I just draw, I drew my eye. And so... I got to know her, and uh, I, I, I took her on a pretend group date. It was not a group date. It was a, I took her out, and then I, created, I said it was a group date, or group outing, not a date. I was not going to peer pressure into dating anymore. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to just kind of survey and see how she, how she acts with everybody. So I invited her out to go do something. It was a hoedown. I don't know why I invited her to hoedown. I'm not a hoedown type of person. Um, but my church was putting it on. I invited her, I said, there's a group of us going, and, uh, and she said, sure, yeah, I'll go. And then she gave me her number, and I had to cre quickly create up a group um, to go. <laughs> and uh, 
but it was really cool. I, as I got to know her, and I was like, man, she's incredible. I just, I talked with her for hours. We still talk for hours. I just fell in love with her love for Jesus. And I, I got to say, that revived my spirit. I loved Jesus, but I never met a person who talked about Jesus the way she did. She talked like he was in the room with us. I was like, wait, I don't, I just kept looking around, feeling like I, he's got to be here somewhere. And, you know, just like, it just felt that way when, I, when you talk with her. And that's what I loved about her. She didn't just say, it wasn't just this, oh, I love Jesus on the side on church Sunday. It was every day. We talked about Jesus all the time. And I'm like, this is cool. You're cool. And so she provoked me to jealousy. Isn't that good? We get to provoking one another to jealousy to fall more in love with Jesus. But man, what a, I'm just, I'm so grateful for her. Um, so again, like I would just, so we got married two years later. We were married by the time I met her to the point where we met, uh, got married. So it was, it was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, and we were very young. I moved to Dayton, Ohio, because I really honestly had nowhere else to go. And she was here. And I'm like, why not? We'll just get married here and live here. Um, so we lived in Miamisburg for a few years. And, you know, we, when you uproot, when you get married, for those, do you remember those first days, those first years? It's so awkward. You're like, you're trying to get to know each other. You're trying to get to know yourself. You're like, we're barely, I barely become a, an adult. And now I'm married. And now I don't have no friends. And now I have no church. And what in the world do we just do? And I was, I struggle with, again, like that frustration. I'm like, I made a mistake, didn't I? <laughs> like, no, I, I, not in marriage, but just like where we were. I was like, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, and so we started visiting some churches and trying to get to know some people. And it was really hard to figure out like any churches that were like, I don't know. I didn't know what to look for. Like, you know, I never look for a church by myself. This is my first church hunting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was looking around, just trying to figure out something real. And I found a few churches. I was just kind of like, I was one of the millions and one of the thousands of maybe one of the hundreds, and I just never fit in. Nobody remember me. And I'm like, and then again, when I got to know some people, I'm like, is this it? Is this really what we are here for, this Sunday morning service again? Am I stuck back in this, pre- this thing again, this insanity loop of nothing happening, and we're here on Sunday, and that's great, but as long as you make it to Sunday morning, I'm like, man, I was like, this is, there's got to be more to this. And um, so I being the wonderful person I am, I gave up. <laughs> I was like, I'm really frustrated. I'm just going to spend time with God and forget church for a minute. Um, and Michelle kept pressing in and trying to look for churches. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm not giving up. I don't think that the church is bad. I just don't understand what the point of it is. And, um, and I just want to understand this man, Jesus, that I'm trying to get to know and being provoked to jealousy with Michelle. And, and lo and behold, we found this wonderful little church. And I say little, it was little. This is where I met Spencer and Janelle. Um, Fishgate. If you guys ever knew about Fishgate, there's, I'm, I'm trying to remember the pastor and his, him and his wife. Um, thank you. I was like, man, I've been trying to struggle with that. Yes, fell in love with this church. I showed up, and, like, and let me premise who I am as a person and my DNA of where I came from, like believer. Um, I'm very, I was very conservative, very conservative. So, You'd probably be like, how am I here? <laughs> so I ended up at Fishgate, and I was like, I like it, but this is weird. <laughs> this is very different. It was like 20 or 30 people there, and they all were talking in the middle of service and, like, hanging out. I mean, like this. Like, we would do stuff, and, like, somebody would stop, and they would have this word. I'm like, what is going on here? This is weird. I like it, but it's weird. <laughs> so I, I, I struggle with I struggle with this idea of tongues. 
because, um, again, I'm very conservative. I was trying to figure out what in the world. Why would you even do that? I think it's a bunch of, you know, whatever, garbage. And I was just, again, this is not desecrated for what it is. It is true. Again, I'm, it's a testament of what God's done in my life. I struggle with that. Um, and so a few things happened all kind of w- within a few years. Um, we heard, we we knew known about IHOP. Um, we've been there before. If you guys know about IHOP, International House of Prayer, it's not the pancakes. Um, so we went there. We were uh, we we had visited when we were dating, and I loved the prayer room. I loved it. And then they started singing in tongues. And I thought, oh my gosh, again, really with this things, the tongues thing. Um, and so I was just a really sourpuss and just real bad attitude about it all. And um, but I really loved the prayer moment. I loved the worship. It was really great. Um, so, you know, Michelle at one point got a word from the Lord that we were going to go there someday. And I'm like, and she he said, but you cannot tell Caleb. I was like, well, because it was just, again, I just want to premise, I love my wife. She's amazing. Because you know why? She yielded to me in a place where she really didn't have to. That was the Lord's calling in her life to yield to your husband because I'm supposed to be the head of the house, right? I'm supposed to be head of the, like, I'm supposed to be a leader as a believer. And so, that took a lot of just humility and kindness and gentleness to sit and wait for me. I'm slow. I'm really slow. And she waited for me a long time, um, but she kept inviting me. She kept trying to show me different things. And I would complain about the tongues thing, and she's like, you know, she's like, I know, I know. And then she'd talk, <laughs> walk me through it, but she was always so gentle, always so kind. Um, and so um, I was really confused again, like, what I want to do the rest of my life. I'm uprooted. I have no calling. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so I, I started, met, I went, you know, you remember the earthquake back in Haiti in 2010. Um, I'd been there before. I kind of premised that last week. I'd been there a few times. And uh, there was this, the earthquake happened, and I wanted to go out there and help in any way I could. It was very hard to get out there. I could share the long version of the story, but the short and glorious version of the story is that God somehow gave me a free flight through Amway um, on their private jet. I don't understand how I got there, but that, I mean, I know how I got there. The Lord's did it. Um, he provided, and we got to fly down for free, and I got to eat you know, Panera bread on the way down. I was like, just, I was just real spoiled on the way down to go help and serve it in such a desperate need. Um, but before I did that, my dad said, hey, because he was down there already, because that's the way my dad is. He could somehow get down there. Um, he said, you should bring your camera. And I thought, my camera? I'm, not, I'm never doing film stuff. I don't do film stuff. I used to. I know I, I, that's not something you can do, right? You can't film stuff and do it as a career. And so well, I brought my camera anyway, and I filmed everything we did. And I just kept seeing God work in such a wonderful way of the church. Like I saw Catholics, and I saw Charismatics, and I saw Conservative and Baptists. I saw all of them hanging out around one table praying, and there was no banners of, you know, this, that, and the other, and there's no complaining. It was like, this is the church moving. This is the church working hands and feet, real fruit. I thought, man, this is cool. This is awesome. And so God was just giving me a flavor of what God is calling us for as a church. And again, what he's calling for all of us to be a part of. And um, so I went there, filmed it, made a little video for all these people um, that I met and sent it to them. Just say, hey, this, if you guys ever want to go back, you can use this as money raising, support raising thing. Um, And God really gave me a word for the first time. He said, this is it. I want you to marry these two ideas. I think you like film, and I think you like ministry, and you should marry that together. And I thought, how on earth do you do that? (laughs) 
Like, I mean, you don't make a lot of money in ministry. That's just the answer to, um, unless you're some people. Uh, you're, you just don't make a lot of money. Um, and so I was like, well, where on earth am I going to go learn about film? I don't, I don't know if I know much about film. I, I think I know about film. Um, so I looked around. There was either full sale, which is like $150,000 of debt, or um, we went to IHOP for the one thing conference, and they mentioned that they have a film school. And I thought, how cheap is it? <laughs> I want to learn, but I want to like, survive and have money afterwards, or at least be able to survive. Um, so praise the Lord through a sneaky, sneaky way of getting me out to IHOP because I would never go out there of my own accord. I was not about IHOP. I was not about the tongues. I was not about charismatics. Um, but God, through, uh, through a conference at one thing, brought a few people in my life to say, what if? And I'm like, okay, I guess this is it. I mean, I won't be doing the, the weird stuff. I'll do the, the video stuff. I'll be there. That's what I'm there for, right? And so uh, through a sneaky hustle from the Lord, um, I ended up at IHOP. And, uh, and I got there, and I thought, I'm doing these, like, Bible classes. Why am I doing Bible classes? I know things about God. I already know that stuff. And then more of it started coming, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I know nothing about Jesus. And then things, and then we, you know, because you're spending prayer room time, quality prayer room time. Like, let me tell you what, four hours a day, four days a week. And then you go to their, their, their what they don't call it, their Sunday service, which is like four hours, kind of like here. <laughs> you know, real long, real intent, um, intent on doing that. And then they had an EGS, which is like experiencing God service. And so lots of immersion, and that's not even including class time. So I was like, man, I am not hardly doing any video stuff except filming the prayer room. That was a sneaky one, God. <laughs> and I felt a little jaded, a little mad a little bit for a minute. But as I realized, you know, because I'm like, oh, great. Now, and again, I got to premise the timing of why I was there. For those who know about IHOP, there was this thing called the, um, the awakening. It was a big move in the spirit. And a lot of wild things were happening. And I was like, and so for me as a conservative um, person, I was very, also, I was accentuated my irritation. So, so irritated now. I was just like, yeah, I could be generally irritated. Now I'm way irritated. I'm like, oh, great. Here it goes. There they go. The little, all the spirits moving thing again. And I was just so mad. Every time it would start, I'm like, oh, come on. We're in a class. We're talking about Jesus. All right, let's, let's get with it. Let's learn more. And so, man, praise the Lord for his kindness he started speaking to me. Again, this is like shortly, like I think I said that the Psalm 27 experience from the Lord, um, again, provoked to jealousy. The Lord kept provoking me to jealousy of like I could see people encountering God in a different way. And now that I'm older and a little wiser, a little bit, uh, I see that I was jealous. I was jealous of what was going on in their lives. I wanted God's encounter. I wanted the encounter. But all my, the way I internalized it and projected it was anger and frustration and condemnation and judgment. And so I, I remember the Lord saying, why don't you pray for them? I was like, they're already getting enough. He's like, what if they're faking it and you are frustrated that they're faking it? And what if you want them to have it for real? Like, what if it's real? What if they are faking it? What if that is the truth? That's okay. But what if you pray for authenticity? What if you pray for even a greater movement? What if you even, what if it's real? What if you pray for a greater measure? 
What if you shifted your perspective of being so me, 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 wine, 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 into projecting into loving one another? And I was like, oh, wine. <laughs> I started doing that, and I would, I would start shifting my perspective, and I would start, instead of praying in tongues because I couldn't, I would start praying in my knowledge, praying with my understanding and singing things about the Lord. And that started shifting my heart and started warming my heart and molding my heart. And I started becoming teachable. I started becoming willing. And then there was a moment, and again, I love that this moment, it marked me forever. We were in a class. I don't even, I think we we're talking about Abraham. I don't know. It was with Alan Hood, and he was just talking. And then somebody started laughing. I thought, oh no, here it comes again. And then they, you know, it starts chuckling and crying, and there's this movement of the spirit. It just started rippling from my right, and it moved over, and I'm like, oh, come on. This is again this, this thing. And God reminded me of that where he's like, pray, pray for their hearts to be really stirred. And I said, all right, fine, I'll pray. I said, look, Lord, I just ask that you just move in their hearts. Lord, just make it real, make it real. I want it to be real for them. I want them really to encounter your love. I want them to encounter your spirit. And as I start doing that, I start laughing. And I start crying. I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> and I just felt this overwhelming presence. And I even start to feel it now. It reminds me, it's that familiar presence of the Lord. And I start putting my hands out, and I felt running water. I'm like, there's no water in here. <laughs> this is, what is this? It's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is pouring over me. He's washing me. He's saturating me with his love. His adoration is his declaration of who he thinks, what he thinks about me. And I only got three words. And let me tell you, they weren't big ones, but they are big ones. He said, I love you. And he kept saying that. I love you. I love you. I love you. And then I was on my knees, and he kept saying, I love you. And then he brought to mind failures. He said, I love you still. He brought to mind successes, and he said, I love you still. Because he loves me. I wasn't convinced that he loves me. And I realized I was fully in surrender, but I wasn't fully receptive. That's a huge thing to be. We can be fully surrendered and poured out like an offering, but we are also unwilling to be receptive to what he has for us. I never thought God would actually give me the desires of my heart. And that's why I was jealous. That's why I was angry. And that's why I kept judging everyone else because everyone else was getting what I desired. And I didn't think God was kind enough to do that. And so I prayed. I just cried. I cried for a half hour. We were all crying. It was a group of 500 people crying and laughing and all over the place. And um, I remember coming out of that, that classroom. We just ended classroom that way. That was it. That was the end. Um, it's like, well, well, we'll continue on to the next lesson. Um, and I met up with Michelle, and I was just crying and weeping. And she's like, what happened? <laughs> she's like, I could hear you guys all laughing and crying in there. And it was just so beautiful. I was able to share it, and she just wept with me. Again, and then I think it was like a month later after we moved to IHOP that she actually told me that she knew we would be there. Again, that's just a testament of the patience of my wife again. Like, just, man, thank you, Lord. But I was just like, wow. And I didn't receive tongues then. I waited, and that was another thing. That was, that was a whole other thing. Like, I'm like, okay, I've got the love of the Father. 
I'm finally understanding that the love of the Holy Spirit, again, you, in order to love the Lord, you need to love him for all that he is. Not just the Father, because sometimes it's like to skip the Father and go to the Son, but the Father's awesome. The Father's kind. The Son doesn't do anything except what the Father does. He is the representation of the Father, but we love the Son. So sometimes we just love the Father and the Son. We forget the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is within us. He groans within us and intercedes on our behalf. He is in us. That's such an important aspect that I was neglecting. And I love Holy Spirit. So I kept praying and I kept just spending time with the Lord. And it was just a new perspective. I love that time of my life. It was like I was a newborn. I was so excited again. I was journaling like crazy. I was just loving the Lord. And eventually, it was so funny. It was not anywhere Amazing. It was actually at a conference helping film. Um, it was a call to all, like, you know, big conference, and I was just one of the camera guys there. And I was praying with the worship, and I was saying things that are different, and I was like, ah, this is kind of fun. This is kind of, it feels nice. It feels nice to just say this sounds. And I just realized I'm praying in the Spirit. I have my prayer language. This is cool. And I didn't, it took me a long time to realize it was what it was. And I actually told, again, I was like, hey, Michelle. <laughs> and she knows that, yeah, that tone that you're like, you're about to say something. Like, what? I was like, I don't know. But I think I, I, think I have tongues. She's like, oh, you, have, you have your prayer language. And we just cried and wept together again. It was just like the celebration. Because, okay, if you haven't gotten it, it's a gift. And that was the problem I didn't understand about God. God loves giving good gifts to his children because he delights in giving. He's generous. He doesn't give good gifts. It's not an obligation. You don't have to have these things. There's a lot of pictures I'm realizing I'm skipping because I'm just so excited about this. Um, if we could just like jot through it. I don't even know. I don't even know where we are in this. The slides, again, it's probably just marriage and then us and my long hair and, and Beanie and, yeah, all, yeah, there we go. Look at that guy. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I don't remember what the next one is. Okay, there. So we were like, the heart of prayer, and we were able to be, and just, we just really jumped in. I didn't expect to be in ministry. In fact, when Michelle asked me if I ever wanted to be a missionary, I said, no. No, thank you. That sounds great, but I don't think so. I would never become a missionary. Prepare to eat your words. If you ever say never, you're going to eat your words. He is prepared. He's like, challenge accepted. Let's just go for this. He loves our nevers because he's like, that means it's something you're resistant to. And if you would shift your heart, you'd be delighted in. And I loved being a part of IHOP. I love the prayer movement. I love we were part of the All Nations prayer room. Um, Michelle got to sing, especially with the internship and helped out. Just facilitate. We got to do a few, uh, just a few sets. And what a joy that was to just be a part of that. Um, we learned a lot about worship, learned a lot about that. I think it's the next slide, and I can't remember. Um, but one of the cool things, I didn't think I'd be part of the staff, and I got invited to be part of the staff. We, we were on there raising support, and uh, we got to learn about being zone pastors and, and this idea about um, what they call friendship groups, but I call them life groups. It's um, in, in a church of a lot of people, it's really hard to call anything community because everything's fluid, everybody's gone, everybody's here. And you know, you can get that even in this place. Like, you know, praise the Lord, we all know each other pretty well. It's, it's, we're pretty small. But again, that fluidity of like, I want connection and the importance of being in small groups. Um, that was something that we were just shown that was a part of everyone. It wasn't just about the people on the stage, but actually ministry happens in homes. And we were starting to learn that there. Because again, it's, 
I love ministry and the, sh and, uh, the stage is good, but homes are what re the real deal and how it happens often. And babies, uh, newborn baby Christians are born and discipled and raised up. That's where it happens is in homes. Um, I think it's the next one. So we, we started multiplying these groups. Uh, this is some stuff with Michelle. I think she actually helped host the interpreting for uh, the prayer room. So if you've ever seen the prayer room, uh, that's like the prayer area. And then I think that's uh, David Hershey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was so cool. Like she got to, we got to meet with him like, and, and she helped out. They served with the prayer room um, in DC. And we, we got to do so much wild stuff. Like God put us in a lot of weird places. He's like, watch me move you in places you never thought you'd be because you're willing. And um, I never thought I'd be able to do stuff like this. I never thought I'd get to meet um, one of my fa fathers in the faith, which was actually um, um, Brother Yoon, if you've never read the, the Heavenly Man. I got to actually meet him and the, another pastor. I'm like, I'm like, where the heck am I? Like, what happened to me? Like, God, you put me in places and things that I don't honestly deserve to be at. I don't honestly have the degree to be at. And again, like, I'm here. I don't deserve to be up here. I get to be up here. I get to pray with you. I get to intercede with you. I don't have to be up here. I get to be here with you. And it's my privilege, my pleasure to be here. Um, God started showing me the importance of wherever you go, that's ministry. Um, I think it's next slide. I can't remember what's on. So we, these, these are amazing groups of uh, people. Um, this guy in the blue shirt down below, John Bagel, I got to say, the slowest speaker I've ever known in my entire life, gentlest spirit you'll ever know, tall as all get out. But I, 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 Fred, you might give him a run for his money. Uh, you guys, you too, you guys would be two peas in a pod, and I think that would be. But it was just such sweet because he just, he was so gentle. He helped disciple me as I was growing into learning how to be part of missions with people, missions with others and serving and stop being, you know, there's no cockiness allowed in ministry because guess what? When you start getting prideful and you don't fit in very well. In fact, I actually hurt people and bulldoze over people. So he taught me a lot about humility and kindness and gentleness. Um, and I love that. And we were able to be a part of the Zone Pastors for the 20s and 30s uh, for one or two years. And then after that, um, I, th I think it's the next slide. Oh, and so there was a moment in my life. So this is my mom and dad. Um, uh, I think this is the year before she passed away. Um, there came a part where like, I was like, God, I love being a part of IHOP. I love being part of ministry. And then we were like, but we shift, felt a shift in where we are going to go. We weren't sure where we are going to go. And um, I wanted to be willing to do whatever, but I, didn't, I loved where we were. I, that was my encounter with the Holy Spirit. I loved IHOP. And then my mom passed away, and roughly around that same time, we were also being invited into being a part of a church campus, um, a church planning thing on campus of Wright State University, which is back here. And I'm like, I'm not moving back to Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> I kind of love where we are. And, and so they kept inviting us like, hey, we love your heart for ministry. We love your heart for small groups. We would love to have you. And they're friends of ours. And, and we're like, man, Lord, I don't know. Like, give us a big sign that we need to be here. Give us a sign that we need to move back. And so, well, my mom passed away and that wasn't a sign. I don't take that as a sign. But it reminded us of the shortness of life it reminds us the, valid, the, the importance of the life we have and what we have yet to give. And my mom lived her full life from day, from my, well, the moment I knew her to the moment she passed away. She lived fully in love with Jesus, and she ministered at every time, every moment that she could. And I thought, man, I have a life to live. I have a life to move. I need to, I need to go for this. And so we prayed about it. We were like, Lord, 
what do you want us to do? Do we move back to Dayton? We can be closer with family. That would be kind of nice. He's like, what do you want to do? And he put both of them out, IHOP or Dayton. Where do you want to be? I said, I don't know. Where are you going to be? He's like, I'm going to be wherever you go. So choose. And so I chose Dayton. I'm like, okay. There's, it's like a 60-40 situation. I'm like, it'd be nice to be close to the family. That's it. That's, I mean, I love to do what we're doing. But um, So wherever God had us, we were in ministry. Wherever we were, again, I took a job at Trader Joe's. I was in ministry there. I didn't stop. Um, actually, I loved working at Trader Joe's. That was a great place to work at. Yeah, plug. Just a plug. Um, it was a great place to work at because, again, like you're just doing life with people, and where your feet are, that's your ministry. Um, God started shifting my perspective of you don't have to be hired in as a church pastor, as a something or so-and-so other. It's an excuse to be qualified. You're qualified. You're qualified to be in ministry. You're qualified to preach, to speak life, to bless others, to raise disciples. You were disciple makers. That was never for pastors, preachers, and, and prophets, and evangelists. That was for you. So I'm just, it was so good that I thought, well, I'll go and serve. My wife will serve with, uh, with uh, this thing called H2O, which was the church plan on, on Wright State. And I will just be the whatever guy. I'll do whatever they want to do, and that'll be cool. Um, so one year, uh, not shortly after, I was really, I was full-time staff. <laughs> not sure. It wasn't very long before I was full-time staff there because I was just like, this is great. I get to hang out with a bunch of wonderful people who are passionate for Jesus, and we get to just raise up disciples. This is awesome. I think it's the next slide. I can't remember. Um, and this is our team before. Um, that was the first year meeting them for the first time. And then this was like, two, year, or two years afterwards. Like, we, we multiplied like crazy we had a great amount of people. I mean, so many stories, so many frustrating moments, so many wonderful moments, and these, and these wonderful worshipers of God, and so many people being sent out. And um, but I just realized that, like, I love doing this. I love doing whatever I get to do. I get to do for the glory of God. Again, the reason why I'm here is not because I was qualified for some things. You know, I don't have a degree. I keep telling that. I told Rich that. I warned him about that. Uh, so I, like, I don't have a degree. My goal is just to raise up disciple makers who love other people and raise up disciples. That's my goal. Um, and God really emphasized that part of Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The whole point of everything I did, I was in full surrender now I'm fully receiving what God has for me. He has a plan to prosper, not to harm me, but to actually bless me and move me in places. Again, I would not be here where I am if I hadn't been full surrender and I haven't been fully receptive of what God had for me. Because again, I loved H2O. I still love H2O. But God actually shifted and allowed me to choose again something I, I said I'd never be a pastor. I said never. And then a month later, I got an email from, from Jeff and Bethany Moots, and, which was CCing Rich in it. So I was like, well, that's irony right there. <laughs> and isn't it beautiful when we're actually receptive of what God has? Like, how often are we saying, all right, God, whatever you want me to do? That doesn't mean it's easy. That doesn't mean it's fun. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anxiety. There's like, did we totally just blow this? Every time I left someplace with full-time job or full-time whatever or good pay or whatever, 
I never knew what was next. And again, like I pray that to the end of my life that this is the heart posture I have is God to be God be the glory in everything I do. I mean, if I if I'm a pastor in a few years, awesome. If I am not and I'm a janitor in a few years, cool. I'm also fine with that. I'll be fine with wherever God puts me. As long as he's in it, I'm in it. And as long as I'm in there, he's there. So it doesn't really matter what I do. I do it with all to the glory of God. And that's my desire for you guys. Again, like I know this is a testimony of my heart, but I want that to be a testimony of ours, that um, one thing have I desired of the Lord, one thing I seek, that I may inquire in his temple all the days, not a few of the days, not half the days, all the days of my life. That's my desire in my life. And that's my desire for you. Um, so having a world, normal job is not a disqualifier. Having children isn't a disqualifier. Being older is not a disqualifier. You guys are all called. You guys are all equipped. And now it's just a matter of like, okay, now, God, what next? That question is fun. What next? You never know what you're getting into. You might get into some trouble. That'd be always good. Um, but I love being in the trouble with the Lord because it's like, it's so much fun. He's so wild. He's a wild man. He wants us to be giving him glory because of weak, broken vessels. We are all weak, broken vessels that he has restored and renewed, and he puts his glory in weak pottery. What a, what a blessing. We just want to shine with the light of Christ in all our days of our life. Um, we're going to come back. I'm going to actually have the worship team come back up. Um, I think some of them actually had to go out and get kids because that's life, <laughs> life with kids. Um, but we're just going to sing that um, song that my soul sings. That was, such a, that was such a powerful song for me, like growing up through IHOP and just spending time there. And that was like where I heard it. And it's such a powerful song. My soul sings. I want my cry of my heart all the days of my life to sing the glory of the Lord. I want everything. All I want is just to know your heart. So will you keep me here until we're one? That pressing and that patience and that place of waiting for the Lord to do his work. Um, sometimes we're in a rush to get to the next stop, the next ministry, the next point in life. And my favorite moments where he's like, you know what, slow down. It's not a rush. It's not a, I mean, we are in a race, but this is a race of endurance. So lay aside every weight, which means also impatience. Just run this race of endurance. And that means wait on the Lord. Wait with him. Be resting in him. Don't rush. Switch this over real quick. Operate from a place of rest. Ministering to the Lord. Don't neglect that. Don't neglect the part of ministering to the Lord. Because from ministering to the Lord, you come into ministry with people. Because, again, they see the fruit that's in you. When you've been with the Lord, when you've been in his presence, you're, you're a little tender, you're a little kinder, you're a little more patient, you're gentle, you have that exuding mercy and grace. When you're ministering to the Lord, he loves that and he delights in that. And that does bleed into wherever you go.